Welcome to Disco Coolia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Disco Coolia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Disco Coolia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Learning with card games, add anxiety on a global scale, numerosity and COVID-19, the equal sign of a misunderstood, and this Kokulia as a party of a bigger picture. This is our podcast for week 14 in 2022. And welcome Dr. Schroeder, the founder of this Kokulia Services, to help us review the links of this week. And welcome Dr. Schroeder. Yeah, as always, Oh, we're so happy. Yes, 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 yes. You bring some knowledge to our studio. And we have wonderful links that we can uh, review. The first one is about learning with card games. Okay, so can we do this? Uh, Are we going to teach these kids poker? Or what's going on? (laughs) Maybe not poker, but you can use uh, the cards that you use for poker. Blackjack, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And and actually, uh, this link comes from no less than development and research in early math education which is a department at stanford university okay and they list here 10 easy card games that you can do with young children and that will definitely develop and support their uh, number sense in in a very fun uh, fun way and they also specify what the children can learn from playing each card game like identifying which number is larger or smaller, which is a very important number size right, right, right. Um, topic, then uh, ordering numbers between 1 and 10, and also thinking from small to large, adding with small numbers, and, and even some more advanced arithmetic. So you can download a booklet uh, with instructions, and they're working to even get these card games online. Not yet, but... Uh, we are hopeful that will happen someday. And uh, there's also a guidance of how to uh, pick a card game that is exactly right for your child. And when something is too easy, they have a whole schedule, what you can do instead. When it's a little bit too complicated, what would be a better option? So a wonderful site with great ideas for everyone to do at home with really young children, even before they go to first grade. Well, thank you very much, Stanford. Uh, the next link is about math anxiety on a global scale. What is new here? Yes, this is um, an open access uh, article uh, from um, Psychological and Cognitive uh, Sciences, what also Dr. Ansari contributed with have mentioned him more often. He's a very known uh, scientist in uh, in the area of dyscalculia. And uh, this uh, article handles with uh, handles about math anxiety with an international comparison. Very, okay. very interesting. They they found a number of, of things here. And, and it's actually based on the big uh, famous databases like the TIMS, the uh, third International Math and Science right. Um, right. study, uh, where um, students in grade four and eight in different in many different countries, like like almost fifty uh, countries, are compared, and then the the PISA uh, that was done in grade eight, uh, the program for international student assessment, 
both very uh, large and, and well-designed um, uh, databases, and that was used to get this uh, international comparison. Now, the main focus was on the relation between math anxiety and math achievement, and they found that these are neg negatively correlated all around the globe. Now, let me uh, just to make sure say negatively correlated means um, that they have the opposite effect. So, so if you want higher, the other lower. Yeah, one is higher, the other is lower. So okay. if you're very good uh, in math, usually. So if you, you have, have a high math, if you have a high math, math anxiety, you have a low math achievement. Exactly. Okay. That goes often together. Okay. Well, that's not surprising at all. No, but it's it's good to see that that actually happens all over the world. Right. So also they um, saw a contextual effect of math anxiety where the level of math anxiety in one's educational peer group predicts math achievement above and beyond what could be predicted by one's own math anxiety. So basically there is also this influence from the group where you the group in. where you're in okay and this effect was different for different countries although the numbers in the study were not all of them were not all of them significant okay uh, great study um, and and really an important topic math anxiety should not be uh, overlooked I think it has a, a huge influence yeah. on uh, students um, achievement and um, it still uses an, an important factor for, for math anxiety also is, um, they found, is the personal um, approach of the teacher. If the teacher really feels confident with doing math, that uh, makes sure that the kids do not get so much math oh, anxiety. Yeah. But if they're... Yeah teacher doesn't feel comfortable about it that really that worries the students over, that worries the students right <laughs> that is understandable okay well our, our next link is about uh, numeracy and COVID-19 now what has that horrible virus to do with our numeracy yes um, this is uh, something from the Royal Society of um, an open science here actually I want to mention the previous topic uh, I think I said it was the competence of the teacher, but uh, just to make sure it is the perception of the student of about the competence. The competence. Of the right, right, right. Maybe right. maybe the teacher is very right. good, but if the but if the if the kids don't see him as very competent, they that, get bad anxiety. That is more anxiety. the yeah, yeah, yeah. that is a predicting factor. That was, okay, that was sorry clear. for that. Let me uh, just a little clarification. Right, right. So right. now we go to the next link about yeah. uh, numeracy and and COVID nineteen. So what does that have to do with each other? So. Like I said, this is um, an article um, in Open Science, and it's a cooperation of researchers from many locations, Western University in Canada, Wisconsin, Medicine, um, and Kent in the UK, Leuven in Belgium, okay. Lobro also in the UK, and, and even in France, in Paris and Rennes. So um, I'm always amazed what scientists um, are researching also in this case and, and this um, uh, research um, wanted to find out if there's a correlation between numeracy how well people understand data about COVID-19 and 
their behaviors. So, <laughs> okay. Um, and here's the short. Overall, it's, um, the results suggest that while basic numeracy is related to a person's understanding of the data about COVID-19, and, and uh, like you expected, better numeracy is um, better related to right. a better understanding of the uh, numerical data, of the information that comes out about COVID-19. But that alone is not enough to influence a population's health-related attitudes, what they actually do about it. <laughs> That's interesting. Very interesting. So they so so they can know more and understand the data more, but that does not necessarily change their behavior. Right. They just understand the, <laughs> the numbers. Okay. Yes. Um, and so I guess in layman's terms, you could say it's it's not because they don't understand the data that people still uh, do not want to get vaccinated. There are all kind of other reasons that oh, okay. keep them from taking care of their own health and the health of the people uh, oh, around them. That makes sense. Yeah, and, and maybe uh, just like uh, the perception of climate risk, um, it may be that the perception of the group where you're in, even sometimes your political party, may influence your view and your risk perception more than your understanding yes. of the data. and. A uh, similar thing is going on here with the connection between people's behavior and the understanding of the COVID-19 data. Interesting. Very interesting. The uh, the next link suggests that the equal sign is often misunderstood. Is that a thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. This is a really a topic uh, near and dear to my heart, as uh, children very often think that that equal sign means, okay, now you need to spring into action. Now you need to get the answer. That it's kind of a command. Uh -huh. um, and they often do not really understand, or maybe it's not explained in extenso, um, that that equal sign shows, well, what is equal on both sides of it, right? And it's the name equal sign. Hence <laughs> the name. So yes. it is a balance. Right. And this was um, uh, written by Nicole Ralston and uh, Minley, and they really um, have a lot of data about the student's conception of that uh, equal sign. And the article is in the Journal of uh, the University of Chicago, and they talk about this research and the issue that the misunderstanding of an equal sign, um, although it has been researched over and over, none of this research article um, had uh, significant numbers, or they were not properly randomized. Okay. So, so they were determined to do it over and do it properly this time. Yes, and here with no less than 1,745 students. Oh, that's significant. Exactly, randomly stratified in grades one, and one to five. Okay. And the findings confirmed that uh, what was uh, found in earlier student uh, studies, and it showed that the children have many misconceptions about that equal sign. Right, right. Now, it seems that over the years, so in, in higher grades, 
in elementary school the knowledge increases and that is uh, right that's probably when you start your algebra and, and equations on both sides of the equal sign and, yeah uh, well yeah. It, actually the the understanding starts a little bit earlier but certainly in the lower right. grades it is seen as a as a command to it may be, start working may, it may also be the uh, effect of the calculator because you you hit the uh, the equal sign and that's when you get the answer that's Absolutely. confusing, of course, for children. Yes. That doesn't necessarily... Uh, right. Well, with that, we get to the last uh, link for this week. And it has a picture. <coughs> uh, yeah, my, my dear listeners, we need to make <coughs> this into a video podcast, really. But um, for now, just go to our, our website and look at the link. It has a beautiful picture of an iceberg with lots of ice below the waterline and some notes. So what can we learn from this iceberg? Yeah, this is an, an illustration that has been made by Peter Jarrett for the Discoculia Network. And, and the funny thing is I have uh, used a similar picture to um, talk about in, in some of my um I was going to say, I've, se I, I, I've seen that iceberg before. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but the, the main thing here is that above the waterline, you see the words, I'm bad at math. Uh, that's okay, isn't it? And that obviously is a that in itself is already a very con concerning um, statement. And then below the waterline comes all the information about math anxiety, dyscalculia, the cost of low numeracy. Um, uh, later on in life, also your um, your job um, opportunities, etc. Um, that is all hidden under there. So um, if you ask me, I'm bad at math, that's okay, isn't it? Well, I would say, no, that's really not okay. They're really not okay. And yeah. certainly not in this time that is um, yeah. growing more and more data-driven and, and based on, on numbers. Nice picture. But nice. anyway, good, good it's symbolism. a great way to present uh, this still forgotten and, and the hidden math learning uh, disability. Well, thank you, Dr. Schroeder, for your insights as every week. We hope to see you again the next week. Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Discoculia Services. Now, she is on a quest. She needs to have more Discoculia tutors. Really, you can do it. Just go to the website, discoculiatutortraining.org, and find all the information and join the cadre uh, of ambassadors for Discoculia. Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook, we have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.